0: What's up, guys? Word on the Trail is brought to you by you, the listener. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash KZM and considering supporting this podcast and all of Kickstone Media's uh, media and content. Uh, For $1 a month, you can give us the, uh, the power and the support that we need to keep going. Today's guest is a longtime competitor of mine, Adam Lubin. Adam and I grew up in the New York race scene, uh, racing each other in high school, Bill Koch Club. Uh, you name it, Adam and I are the same age. we raced each other all the time. Uh, Adam and I were, were pretty fierce competitors back in the day. Um, and you know, after high school, I went my way with Bathlon. He joined uh, the Middlebury uh, College Nordic team. And yeah, he's just had some awesome results and really developed as an athlete. And now he's kicking butt on the senior uh, circuit racing for Sun Valley uh, SEF. So um, I really wanted to have Adam on the podcast because I think it's an awesome example of, um, you know, where you can go as a New York skier. You know, coming from New York, I there's a soft spot in my heart for New York skiing. And I, I think we're just loaded with potential. Um, diamonds in the rough. That just... You know, we don't have that same skiing culture that we do or that they do in uh, other parts of the country like New England or Alaska. So, you know, seeing great skiers come out of New York and do things uh, on on the senior level, I think it's really important for New York skiers to see and hear those stories. So that way, you know, you have something to look forward to. You have, you know, someone who's blazed the trail before you, someone whose path you can look at and try to model to, you know, Further your own skiing career, so I uh, I asked Adam if he uh, wanted to come on the podcast and just share his story from New York Junior. uh You know, we got into some specifics about you know how he did at JNs, how he did uh, in the high school scene, so you can you know really compare yourself to him. And you know, spoiler alert, you know Adam wasn't at the front of the field at JNs. Uh, he wasn't at the front of the field at Easterns it really shows how how far new york skiers can go you know when they really put their mind to it and just how far love of the sport can bring you so without further ado here is mr adam lubin
1: I'm from Syracuse, New York, originally, um, and I've been skiing cross-country since I was two years old. Uh, my parents would take me out on skis when I was really little, and I would kind of stomp around for a little bit, and then they would put me um, in, like, the chariot and drag me around until I started crying, and then we had to go back in and get hot cocoa. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, growing up, I sort of played... <laughs> like a lot of different endurance type sports. Like I would go skiing, I'd go alpine skiing, uh, ride the tandem. We had a tandem road bike that I'd ride with my dad. Um, I ran cross country and like kind of all through that, uh, skiing in the winter. Um, and then when I got to high school, I guess I sort of gravitated um, towards running and skiing. And those are kind of the two sports I was playing. Uh, the most, and I sort of realized that kind of training on my own and like skiing with friends and family wasn't really uh, enough to reach the goals I had and like to keep improving. So I was really—I I just been—I've been super lucky to be taken in by a lot of different like high school and club teams because within Syracuse itself, there's really no skiing infrastructure at all. We sort of have like one uh, Bill Coke program and a little bit of grooming, but that wasn't really around when I was growing up. So I was just, you know, going skiing with my parents on the weekends. And then like if we had snow locally, we'd go ski during the week. But I wasn't like training with other kids or uh, racing with other people. I would race, but that was kind of the only time I was skiing with other people my age. Um, So once I got to high school, I started – kind of working with a lot of different um, teams and clubs in New York. I skied uh, as like a guest athlete with the Camden high school team, which is in section three, kind of right near Osceola. I'm sure everyone knows where that is. Um, and they helped me out for a year. And I, uh, we skied in the Hudson United racing team together. Uh, that was super fun to have like a group of guys my age and made skiing a lot more fun. Um, and then I became a member of the Old Forge High School team. We made a combined high school team between my high school in Syracuse and Old Forge High School, which was pretty ridiculous, but pretty awesome because it, um, it allowed me to compete uh, in high school races. And I was also racing with um, Rochester Nordic Racing out of Rochester, uh, sort of traveling like the senior nationals or racing Eastern Cups. So I sort of, um, I guess you could say, like, some people say it takes a village to raise someone. It took a state to kind of develop me into a skier. Wow. That's awesome. And it's actually
0: funny. I use that saying a lot in this podcast because a lot of the guests that I have on, they have very similar stories to you about, you know, it, it, it didn't just, there wasn't just this super clear pipeline. I just joined this team and I am where I am now. It's, you know, there's so many people along the road, so many coaches uh, influence, like, influences coming from all different directions and uh yeah it's it's one of the struggles in our sport but um you know we we make it we make it work and everyone everyone gets it done um so that that's really cool did how i it sounds sort of sounds like through this whole story um you're having trouble finding your team in your place and then when you combined with Old Forge, as ridiculous as that is, because Syracuse and Old Forge are not really any of our close to each other. <laughs> um, did you guys? Did is that where you really found you know your team, and is that where you really felt comfortable?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's like you totally have like hit the hit the nail on the head there. Because I mean, obviously to ski fast, you need like a good training group and a good team, but also a, a happy person is a fast skier. So. For me, like, having a team that I really liked with a group of people I really enjoyed spending time with and having a coach that really believed in me and, like, I was confident and we worked together well. Like, that, I guess, like, I had always loved skiing, like, the racing aspect and the competition and, like, going out and training, but kind of when I was able to join the old Forge team, it showed me, like, this is also a team sport and like there's so many amazing aspects of being on a team and it just makes everything so much better. And, um, like looking back at kind of racing at the junior level, I think definitely like my proudest moment would have been States my senior year when I was the anchor on the old forge team and, um, we finished third in the relay and like the medal, whatever, like results, you know, it's like not, I'm not going to remember the medal like going forward in 20 years, but like skiing for your teammates and like representing something bigger than yourself. Like that's, that's what it's all about. I was wondering if you're going to bring that up. Cause
0: I don't know if you remember, but uh, you passed someone on that lap.
1: <laughs> I passed someone. It was me. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to to bring it up in that way. No, 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 no. I it's, it's fine. I just think,
0: uh when it's it's great funny you say that though because looking back, you know, obviously I don't know everything about your high school career, but looking back at, you know, the uh the the highlights of high school racing, you know, there's names and there's skiers that stick out and I do recall that as being one of your best races because um you know there were some really good teams that year. We had, you know, Gavin Hess, Austin Munich, some good skiers that year. And uh I, I do recall that being one of the races that stood out that was like, Wow, Lubin Lubin kicked ass today. And, uh, you definitely earned that bronze medal for your team that day. So, um, yeah, it's funny that you bring that up, but, um, no, that, that's awesome. How often were you able to actually train with Old Forge considering like, what's the drive from Old Forge to Syracuse, like an hour and a half?
1: Yeah, it's like an hour and a half. So I probably the biggest thank you has to go to my parents for either driving me or letting me take their car up to Old Forge. Um, (laughs) But I would try and get up there, like, once or twice a week, um, kind of in the later part of the fall, once my high school running season was over. Um, And then in the winter, I was really lucky that um, one of my good friends on the team, Colin Chris, his family was super generous and would let me stay at their house whenever I wanted. So I would try and, like, if we were racing up there, like, spend two or three days or Kind of have like a series of mini camps throughout the winter. So, tell
0: me a little bit about like the club scene. I know you made JNs a bunch of times. Can you just tell me a little bit, just to give our listeners a reference of some of your results from JNs and some of your your
1: JN moments? Well, I'm old enough to remember. Like my first JNs was actually called Junior Olympics, which sounds like a way bigger deal, especially if you tell people who aren't skiing because you say like oh i'm going to junior olympics like as soon as someone hears the word olympics like that's all they can think about so definitely a lot of friends and family had an outside view of how fast i was growing up i'll admit to that <laughs> um that's so funny the first junior nationals when it was still junior olympics it was in minneapolis so i was like i was in 10th grade as i must have been like 15 or 16 years old like Went to Minneapolis, staying in this, like, high-rise hotel downtown, going to this venue, like, I was just totally, like, gaga the whole time. And the racing, it was – I just got murdered every race. Like, it was like I was doing literally a different sport than the people in the front of the race. And it was it's, – it's so weird to say because, like, I had the time of my life that week, but also, like, results-wise – I was so fired up after that. Like I was so, I mean, I wasn't, I don't want to like, I knew I wasn't going expecting to like win junior nationals or anything, but going there and just getting destroyed got me so motivated to be like, okay, like it was cool. Cause my goal had been just to make junior, uh, junior Olympics then. And that's, that's a cool goal. But for me, I was like, okay, like I don't want to come here as a participant. Like, I want to come here and be competitive. Um, so going on that trip with mid Atlantic and like kind of seeing what high, higher level racing was about, got me really fired up and sort of showed me like what the next step was. And then from there, it was kind of a matter of like doing what I needed to do. So I knew that like the next year I could show up and maybe like kick a little ass of my own. Yeah. That,
0: that's really interesting that you say that. Cause I have had the exact same experience. You know, there's, plenty of Eastern high school JN or U16 trips that I've been on where I just got completely destroyed. But I don't know, maybe it's, it's something about New York and skiing and we're all just like one big family or what, but I remember coming back from those trips, just so motivated to train and to get better and do better next year, but also want to go back the next year and like hang out with these people that I just met from around the state and train mm-hmm. with them over the summer. Um, yeah, it uh, it's really interesting. I I was talking to Austin Hunick one time, really candidly, and he was saying, if I didn't come from New York in Mid Atlantic, I don't think I would have kept skiing after high school.
1: Oh, and I was really? Like, what do you mean?
0: Wow. Yeah, I was like, I was like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, well, just the the love for skiing was beyond the result it was the community it was the friendships and he's like that's what really made me want to keep skiing and do pg years and do collegiate years and uh he's like i don't know if i would have got that in the competitive world of new england skiing so just really interesting um i've heard a few you know new york or former new york skiers say sort of the same thing
1: well i mean we like when we get into like whether it's a college team or a PG situation and you're like surrounded by skiing, you kind of forget, but like looking back in high school, like there's these little like hotspots of skiing and like, maybe you have some people on your high school team, but like to the vast majority of the world, like in New York, you're just some weirdo who's like roller skating around with poles and like does something in the winter. That's not Alpine skiing. And like, nobody understands so, like when you go on a trip like to eastern high schools or jns or whatever it's like you found your like you found your people for a short amount of time and like these i don't know it just it like goes to show that like you're not just like some weird loner who's throwing a med ball and, like their parents are catching it and sometimes like you knock your mom over and you feel super bad but it's like there's you know, there's sort of, there's a reason you're doing it and there's a community out there and there's people who share like your interest and how you like to spend your time.
0: That's such a great way of putting it. I really like that. It's yeah. Skiing, no matter if you're on, you know, an elite level club team or you're solo, you know, at your high school that doesn't even have a team, there's going to be a lot of times where you're going to be putting in a lot of hours by yourself. But yeah, when you go on these trips and you really find your community and you find your people, um, you know, maybe we as New Yorkers had a much better appreciation for that because, you know, there aren't really any ski academies in New York. There aren't big club programs. Like, yeah, there's NICEF. But other than that, there wasn't really much, especially when we were growing up. So maybe that, that has something to do with it. So after you got destroyed your first year, how did uh, the next couple of years go?
1: <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. So we, what was it, junior? The next year was junior. We went to... Um soldier hollow which is like totally wild for like an eastern kid to go out there and see like these giant mountains and it's like 45 degrees and sunny every day and perfect snow and like staying at like the or not, it's just like you're living a life um so I was out there having a great time and I think there was a skate mass start and I like had terrible points I was in the back but I just remember, like, moving up a lot during the race, like, just feeling good going, after, going for it. And I ended up, like, 13th, I think. And I was, like, pretty – like, looking back, like, a 13th at JN's is not, like, a necessary indicator of, like, any future excellence or anything. But for me at that point, like, I was over the moon because it just kind of showed that, like – I could do this and like I could compete with these kids. And I think I was still like probably like several minutes back from the winner, but just being able to be like, well, 13 is almost top 10, which is almost, which is all American. And that's like the most important thing. I don't know why it's so important, but like people freak for that in high school. So it just was kind of a race where not only did I do well, but I think, Like in a mass start situation when you're starting in the back and you like have to go by all these people it just like gives you so much confidence because like I knew I like had passed them out there and I had proof that like a lot of the training because I think that summer I trained a bit with R&R but like a lot of it was just on my own in the neighborhood so when you're just kind of out doing that like to get validation for all that like lonely work in the winter feels pretty cool and sort of really got me fired up to like, cause I, I honestly, at that point, I wasn't sure if I wanted to ski or run in college. So then having like that pretty good result at the national level, kind of a convinced me I wanted to ski and also sort of opened my eyes to like skiing at like a top level school and trying to be, not just like a participant in college skiing, but like a competitor. Absolutely.
0: Did the discipline over that that summer that led to that good result was that solely just from the desire to want to be competitive the next season? Where Where do you think that discipline came from? Came
1: from? Um, I think it was a few different things. I like I got a training plan from uh, CSU in Boston. I just like follow that and use that as and yeah. like that helped a lot and I think it was honestly I wanted to do well at JN's but more was like wanting to do well at the high school level and like because we I mean in high school racing we would race probably two twice a week from like December through March almost so like just wanting to move up in that and wanting to do better like in sectional races at States. And, it just, I don't know, I just, like, I, yeah, I just wanted to get better, and, like, I mean, honestly, improvement in skiing, like, everyone sort of knows what they need to do, it's, there's no, like, I mean, there's no, like, magic powder, unless you're in Russia, but, like, you sort of know what it takes, and it just, like, was a matter for me, but, I mean, again, I mean, you said this earlier, it takes a village, but, like it also took my parents being super supportive of me and being like, oh, like yeah, Adam, like we're gonna, we know you want to train a lot this summer, so like, you don't necessarily have to get like a full-time summer job. Cause I know some people's parents would be like, oh no, like school's out, like get to work, make some money. Whereas my parents were like, oh, you know, we're gonna support you. Like if you're gonna pursue training seriously, like that's enough for you to focus on during the summer. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome.
0: I think, you know, just, uh, I was coaching in New York for the last two years and there's, a, I met a lot of uh, people. I led the Eastern high school team and there's a lot of kids who came from that trip and they were just, just like you, they were super motivated. They really want to get it done. They want to do better next year. And a lot of people reached out to me and were like, how can you help me? You know, how, what, what do I need to do to get better? And I would help them. I would do as, you know, you know I've, I'd share as much information as I could with them because, you know, I want to see the state do better. I want to see kids do better. But I found there's a lot of people who also reached out to me and told me things weren't right. They didn't have the right training group. They didn't have the right equipment. They didn't have the right facilities. And when it comes down to it, you know, there's some times where I just wanted to be like, listen, you got to get it done on your own you know when push comes to shove and you step up on that line you know it's it's the amount of hours and the amount of work that you put in over the summer that's going to guide you and no it doesn't matter what training group you have or what facilities you have you just got to get it done and uh it really sounds like you really got it done and i think your results showed (laughs) so Cool. So then, so you got, so you said this is your deciding factor. You wanted to be a skier in college as opposed to a runner, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was like, I I guess in high school I was a decent cross country runner. I was never like fast on the track, but I mean, in running in the fall, like if it would be a hilly course and like kind of shitty weather, like I could pop a few good results. But I mean, the truth is there is a lot of decent runners out there. So it's a lot bigger pool, and I mean, skiing is a, a one more way more fun sport than running, <laughs> but I also knew like I sort of had a higher ceiling on my success. But I mean, I also just enjoyed it more than going and spending every day like pounding my knees and my ankles into oblivion on the pavement. <laughs> cool. So, how did you decide on Middlebury? Um, I guess like looking at colleges sort of one thing I knew I wanted like uh academic rigor was kind of the first factor um so that one thing about skiing in college is that's pretty cool is that there's a ton of good ski schools that are also um pretty good academically and highly regarded so that was sort of how I picked out like the first schools I was going to look at and then um the coach of the old forge team, uh, John Leach and his brother, Dave Leach actually who passed away, unfortunately, but he was the athletic director um, who did the paperwork and went to the meetings and somehow was able to get uh, my high school to have a combined team with, um, with old forge. So it would, I would feel amiss without mentioning him because I still don't know how he made that happen, but uh those guys did it, which was awesome for me. But um, the Leach family, basically, they had a pretty strong tradition of um, of sending athletes to Middlebury. I think they had three or four uh, like nie- nieces and nephews or cousins who had gone to Middlebury. So they sort of talked uh, talked about it to me, and uh, I was that was inspiring to hear. Like, oh, these people are, you know, from upstate New York, but now they're racing at Middlebury and Middlebury is uh, one of the most competitive ski schools. And it's also like excellent academically. um, And you're going to ski race against like big schools in the East and the West. Um, So that got me pretty fired up on it. And then there's also just like a lot of good skiing results for Middlebury right around the time I was like looking at colleges. So I think simi hamilton won a stage of the tour de ski right towards the end of my time in high school um and then ben lesgarden was fourth at ncaa's um also when i was in high school which i was just like holy shit like these guys are going to a little division three school in vermont and they're like succeeding um on the big stage so like Maybe if I go there, like I can, you know, ride the coattails of that success and see what doors are open for me. Um, And so that was sort of like, I guess, it's like the publicity of the college or like the reputation that drew me in. Um, But then when I visited, I got along really well with the coach who actually ended up not being the coach when I was there. But we had had great coaches um, all the way through both before and after my time there. Um, the campus is like definitely the most beautiful campus in the country, bar none. Um, the college owns two ski areas, a Nordic Center and an Alpine Mountain. I, I mean, it's just like there's like no reason not to go there, except for the student loans, but those aren't new yet. So, <laughs> but other than that, it's a perfect place for yeah. sure. What did you study when you were there? As an anthropology major. Which um, which is a good balance it is a good major to balance the ski racing. I'll uh, just put it that way.
0: Cool. Yeah, and anthropology is pretty interesting too. So I'm sure you probably were uh, enlightened. Uh, and plus, like you said, Middlebury's a great school, great college. So I'm sure, education was great. Um, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about the the ski team aspect. You know, this is your first team that you're joining where. You know, you're together with the team seven days a week, and you're going on ski trips to carnivals and to camps with them. What was that experience like coming from, you know, doing your best to get with the old Forge team as much as you could to being fully, Mm -hmm. you know, living with these people, you know, at ski camps and these teammates, some of which I'm sure probably came from ski academies and big programs throughout the Northeast.
1: Yeah, actually, I think at least when I was a freshman, most of the team had gone to a ski Academy. And for me, when I got to school and we started training together, traveling together, I was just like, so stoked all the time. Like, honestly, a lot of that first fall, like I wanted to pinch myself to see if like, this was real. I was like, like, even just like, Oh, someone's going to drive me to training. So like, I don't have to drive myself or ask my parents to drive me. And like, Someone's going to go do the food shopping. So we have food in our house and someone is going to take video of me while I work out and then like go to the gym that afternoon and lift with me. It was just like, for me having, and obviously Middlebury has the best support in the country. I got to make sure I get that in there, (laughs) but just having like full-time coaching and teammates was, is totally eye opening and like, And I mean the training side it was huge because there's just such a difference between training on your own and having a good group and good coaching staff. But just from the social aspect, like I remember I think it was like probably my first month at school. One day I was sitting at lunch with a team and like we're talking about like training logs. It's pretty typical nerdy conversation. I was probably being the most nerdy in the group, but I was just thinking back, like, I never, ever, ever would have told any of my friends in high school that I had a training log, let alone, like, had a conversation about the intricacies of it around the lunch table. So just, like, again, being kind of surrounded and, like, you, you feel like, you, honestly, you feel like you found your people and, like, wow, like, these people get fired up on the same things I do. Like, this is this is a, so cool. That's awesome.
0: So... After high school, that's where you and I sort of split ways and we didn't really see each other much after that. We saw each other, I think, once in 4A uh, for some Thanksgiving camp or something like that. But um, I understand you had had a red shirt year. Mm -hmm. Um, That is something that you typically associate with like a football or a baseball Mm -hmm. or like, you know, basketball player or something like that. Can you describe a little bit like what a red shirt year is and, you know, what, um, how it affected your college career?
1: Um, yeah. So I had a medical red shirt my junior year. Basically, what happened was I've always had really bad allergies and a lot of like um, sinus problems. Like, I would get really sick and like have all this green crap in my head and congestion, and like, just be blowing out this like foul mucus. That's probably more than your listeners wanted to know, but this is—we're going to be honest here. So I would just kind of on and off get super sick and went to the doctor a lot, and uh, it was sort of under control through the first part of college, but just it was definitely something that affected racing and training because I would get sick and then basically for like two weeks I'd be laid up on and about. It's like taking training pretty minimal and just like being so grumpy like i didn't have any hobbies besides training so like if i wasn't out working out with a team like i was just like watching netflix and getting angry about life (laughs) it was was a tough situation you're not alone there's a lot of athletes that are the same way (laughs) yeah yeah i know it's it's i mean it's hard when you can't work out every day but uh, anyway so um started my junior year um i was like racing really well Uh, U.S. Nationals before the season started and um, then the first week of the season I'm super sick like fever just my sinuses are all fired up like everything I just feel horrible Um, and the way the college season in the east is works is it's uh, six carnivals but it's over the span of seven weeks so Like if you are sick or injured or just like not on form, you really don't have a chance to recover and like get, you know, get your season back. Cause it just, I mean, it goes by in like a month and a half. Um, So I got really sick and I raced one weekend and then I got really sick again. And I just, I couldn't even go for like a jog, let alone go skiing or go racing um, so I sort of talked to my doctor, who I'm super lucky. I had a um, ear, nose, and throat doctor who was a former bike racer and biathlete, so he sort of understood where I was coming from. Um, and he had previously talked to me about getting uh, surgery on my sinuses to sort of clear them out and reduce sort of the future incidences of getting really sick and feeling miserable. So sort of when I was like already a third of the way into the college season and pretty ill. Um, I sort of talked to our coaches and talked to my doctor and realized that like, this is something I needed to address. And while it was pretty terrible to have to miss a season, um, like that was the best thing I could do for my career moving forward. So I um, took a semester off, I redshirted, took a semester off from school, uh, got surgery, um, did a little bit of traveling, like traveling a little bit um, while I was recovering from surgery. And I honestly think taking that redshirt year was the best thing I could have ever done, like not only for my health, but also for like my mental outlook and just keeping everything in perspective and like having some time away from school and skiing to sort of see like how lucky I was to have skiing and how. Um, how once I got healthy again like I was ready to get back to school and enjoy that and also get back to ski racing and uh, make sure I enjoyed all the ski racing not just the days when I had good results.
0: So uh, going into the summer after your redshirt year were you um, super motivated to you know really get back after it get back to training and you know make up for that that season you missed like I feel like it it probably had to have been you know really hard to come back after missing a season especially when you train all summer for
1: it <laughs> yeah yeah I think I was honestly a little too motivated like my coaches the coaches had a better perspective than I did which was like you dismissed the whole season and then you missed a lot of training time like ease back into it but like from basically June 1st I wanted to go out there and just like do intervals till I didn't feel sad that I missed the season anymore um And I think I sort of had to learn to like let my body be my guide and just sort of appreciate like where I was in terms of fitness and like health at that point and sort of build back in to the summer and then uh, through the fall, you know, keep building. And like, it was, it was really good to kind of have my coaches had the perspective that they did because they did a great job of making sure like I understood that like just because I felt good didn't mean that like I would be back to a hundred percent. Like I was still building back from like pretty significant time off and like anytime you kind of cut open into your body and start chopping things up, like takes a while to recover. So I knew I could come back stronger, but it just took, you know, I had to be patient really.
0: So what were, uh, what were some of your top collegiate results? Um,
1: when you were healthy and racing, <laughs> um, the, the first top one that I have to throw out there would be the relay at St. Michael's Carnival, my sophomore year. Uh, when it was the only time in college we did a mixed gender relay, I think that I remember in um, Middlebury won and I was on the winning team. That was pretty sweet. because um, you don't often like you don't usually get to race with a girls' team and um, Heather Mooney was super strong. I did not ski a good leg. Heather skied a great leg, uh, won the race for us by herself, which was kick-ass. And then uh, probably my other really solid results were this winter uh, I had a second place in a carnival. Uh, One weekend I was second place and sixth place, which is kind of cool back-to-back. I was fifth at the Middlebury Carnival. Um, Something really cool also that happened this winter is – the Middlebury men's team won three carnival races um, and I was a part of that. So that was really cool because that wasn't something we had done um, when I was at school. So, I mean, honestly, those team days were kind of more fulfilling in a way because like I can have a great day, I can have a bad day, but if I know like I've helped bring this team to where it is and the team wins, that almost says more than like, me going out there and like ripping one off.
0: Yeah. I'm reading your blog and I can definitely get the sense that you value the, the team, you know, the team performance over your own. Where do you think that comes from? Is it just the overall great feeling amongst the team when everyone does well, or do you think there's something else there?
1: I mean, I think uh, I think that really is a testament to what we did at uh, Middlebury and um, why freshman year was also the head coach there now is Andrew Johnson. My freshman year was his first year. So sort of throughout the five years I spent at school, there was like a culture shift on the team as kind of he put his new system into place. Um, so I think... I don't know, that team first attitude really speaks to like being on being part of the team and like what we tried to create as a team. Because like the team is gonna exist, like we're gonna have a ski team. Middlebury has always had a ski team, they will always have one. But like we really tried to create something that went beyond just people who all wore the same uniform and raced on the same days, um, to somewhere where we're like we all trusted each other and shared our journey and believe that we could make something greater than the sum of its parts. And I don't, I just, for me, not really having a team in high school and then having a team in college, I was really motivated to like have the best team. And to me, that doesn't necessarily mean the team with the best results, but it's the team that gets the most out of each one of its skiers. So I know like there were a ton of days for me racing and training where I was more motivated by my teammates than myself. Like, honestly, if you go out there and you're racing and like, you feel pretty crappy, like, yeah, I'm going to ski hard, but like, I have a good day. I have a bad day. Like I have a horrible day. It's not a huge deal, but if you know, like one of your buddies is out there doing well, or like, you know, your team needs a certain amount of points or, you even just know like you're wearing a Middlebury suit and like you don't want to disrespect that suit by like giving up or skiing like a jackass. Like that is for me such a greater motivation than just like, oh, like I personally want to do well.
0: That's awesome. You did five years at mid because of your, uh, your red shirt year. Um, now you took a semester off during that red shirt, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay. I had to – um in order, like basically in order to come back and ski the fifth year, I would have needed to be in school again. So I took the semester off both to get surgery. And then also, so I would have like a semester, an extra semester to be in school. And I also just wanted to be in college for longer because it's awesome. And like, there's no rush at hold to graduate. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. So yeah, that, that was the question I had. I was like, okay, how'd you get to five years? Um, but how did you decide uh, at the end of your college race career that you wanted to take that next step to elite senior racing?
1: Um, Yeah, I think that's a good question because there's a lot of um, really good skiers who don't make that jump. Um, And it's definitely a tough, it's sort of a tough thing to do because there's not a ton of like financial support and, you know, you could like, there's a lot of coaching jobs I could have applied for, stuff like that. Um, I guess I was kind of a weird situation because I didn't think I wanted to ski after college. Like kind of last fall, we would have the senior class out roller skiing. We'd be like, oh, man, like three more roller skis left and then we're done. And we'd all be like, oh, all right. Um because for me, I didn't really see how like skiing could get better than being on a college team and like getting to race in the college environment. And I didn't, I didn't really think that I would have that much motivation besides like, you know, upholding the pretty cool legacy that Millbury has and trying to do the best, best for the team that I could. Um, the sort of one thing that changed is I skied a lot faster last winter. So it became a lot more realistic to ski after college. Um, So I also just sort of started to have a feeling that I had potential that wasn't developed yet and started to think like, what could I do with two more years or, you know, just continuing to plug away at it because realistically I was in a full, I've been in a full time like training group for like five years, just kind of through college. Whereas people I'm racing, might've been skiing full time with a club since they were like five years old. So in some ways, like I'm still playing catch up, which is fine. Like I don't have a problem with that, but I guess I just sort of, um, sort of realized that I felt like I was getting a lot better still. And I wanted to see how far I could take it. Um, And there was a good opportunity here in Sun Valley and it's an awesome place. And I was like the, coaching staff and like the community and sort of there's two other uh two girls from middlebury last year who also were out here skiing so like wasn't too much of a transition and i kind of decided to take the jump
0: that's awesome so i i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that you had a great summer training because although you were pretty modest in our pre-podcast emails you really kicked ass at uh, frozen thunder last week <laughs> uh <laughs> do you, ha- you-, you think you had a good summer training and and uh, this frozen thunder result is uh, a sight of things to come
1: um yeah sure hope so like I definitely don't want to have my season peak in October like that's gonna be pretty sad uh next couple right. months <laughs> but yeah we had a really solid summer like um it was honestly a little bit weird sort of being we're a pretty small men's team right now it's just three guys and for most of the summer just two of us were in town um so kind of with that small group it was hard to really see like oh like we're getting way better because we just kind of going head to head um and but you know we just sort of did the work and were consistent and um i had a couple like i jumped in a couple different running and biking races and did pretty well so it seemed like i was pretty fit and um yeah, Frozen Thunder went, like, way better than I expected. But, yeah, I hope I can sort of repeat that race when it counts.
0: So what are what are some of your goals for this season? What are you looking forward to?
1: There are going to be some longer races that I'm going to get to do, which I'm really excited about. Um, there's a 30K at U.S. Nationals, uh, a one marathon we do in Sun Valley, a marathon in Yellowstone, the Berkey, um and uh, super tour finals 50k so those are kind of the races
0: yeah what's the what's the longest race you've done before this
1: um i've done like three or four 50ks oh really we raced spring series okay. last year in craftsbury into the 50k which is by far the hardest race i've ever done is okay it's a suffer fest the whole time um for me like definitely do better in the longer event so being on like a senior racing schedule, um, is going to kind of play more to my advantage. Having said that we are going to sprint a lot. So, uh, it would be nice to qualify in some sprints. I think that's a pretty solid goal. Um, and then get into heats and see if I can not embarrass myself in heats.
0: (laughs) Oh, I was going to ask, what is your go-to race? Like when you see this race on the, on the schedule, you're just like, Oh yeah,
1: time to rip. (laughs) Um, it would be a hundred k skate, but we don't really do those. So like fifty k skate would be.
0: So just the lot the better.
1: Yeah, and I really, I really like mass start racing also, just because it's a lot more fun and it's just it's more competitive and more tactical. And I don't, know, I just have all have had better results uh, in those type of races, and I think they're just also just more enjoyable to do. So this is
0: a super corny question, but uh, I'd be interested to hear what your answer is. Um, what would Adam Lubin tell Adam Lubin, who's coming home from JNs as a sophomore in high school
1: on that flight home? Um, first, stop being a vegetarian. You need to eat some meat, get some protein and gain some muscle mass because you're too skinny. That would be the number one thing. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was a vegetarian through high school and in till I got peer pressure too much when I got to college, but stopping that was like the best decision I ever made. Like, I'm sure there's some people who are vegetarians and athletes and it works well, but I was like so scrawny that I just needed to put some weight on my bones. So that would be a change I would have made going back. Um, I think, you know, it's hard because in some ways I've obviously learned a ton since then. And you want to go back and tell yourself everything, but it is also like the value that comes from, from living it and having to figure it out for yourself. Um, Cause you, I mean, there's no substitute for experience and kind of making those mistakes and having to figure things out. But I guess what I would say to myself, is just like, make sure you enjoy it. Cause whether it's like the best day ever or like the worst day in world history at the races, you're learning something and you're like out traveling to all these places with people who are your close friends. And like, I mean, when I look back on high school, a majority of my like the good memories and the stuff that comes to mind is from ski racing, which might also say something about how popular I was in high school, but I think it says more about, you know, how, just how cool it is to basically have have an avenue to try and improve yourself every day and have cool people and places to to be around you in that pursuit um that's a pretty unique thing that we get to do as skiers and i think telling myself to make sure i appreciate that from a young age as possible would maybe have smoothed out some of the days where i was like oh my god i was fourth not third today like, this is literally the worst day ever, all my training is worthless, I am a worthless human being, like, I need to go lift weights now, so I can return some value to my body. Yeah,
0: that's, uh, that's, it's, it's really uh, incredible how many older athletes I talk to, who that's their number one thing, is just really enjoy it, you know, really appreciate this Nordic lifestyle for what it is, and uh, it's really interesting how high school, Mm -hmm. there's so much pressure in high school, yet there's, when you look at it, like, long term, like, you know, big picture, high school skiing is like, it's not the Olympics. It's not the world cup. It's not, you're not doing this to make a living. And quite frankly, in, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, in the grand scheme of things, you're probably not going to make, you're not, this isn't like your entryway to make a living, you know, as a year because, you know, skiing really is yeah. a, a sport of passion. Um, it's just really interesting how, you know, there are, there is a lot of pressure on high school athletics and the older you get and more mature you get, the more you realize that the more you just kind of enjoy it and enjoy racing and training for what it is, the
1: better you do. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard though because I didn't – at least looking back, like I think no one was necessarily putting the pressure on me. But even still today, I think of like some of my best moments in sports or like my favorite moments were – in like high school competition because like they're not exactly sure how to describe it but when you're at that level like you're you're pretty ignorant and sort of clueless so like whatever race it is seems like the biggest deal in the world and like you're kind of just out there like hammering for you know your school and your boys on the team and I think like, that the pressure aspect isn't necessarily a good thing, but there's like kind of almost like a purity of it, like where it's kind of like, you're just racing because you love racing and you want to represent your team. And there's, there's like some other reasons that can come in at higher levels or like at the national level. So like when you're just like rolling up on a school bus to a high school race on like a Thursday afternoon and like, it's like sort of groomed, but not really groomed and like you have to tie your bib on, but then you go out there and just like destroy yourself to get like a blue ribbon instead of a red one. <laughs> I don't know. Like those are the days. Yeah. No, I'll have good times. I think the pressure, the pressure is good. Cause that's
0: like the competition, right? That you're enjoying the competition, but it's, mm-hmm. it's the, after the race when you're, like you said, you know, it's like, Oh, I came in fourth today instead of third and you're all mad. Right. That's like, that's the kind of stuff. Yeah. Where it's like, yo, look at big picture. Right competition go out there you know kill it be competitive but you know big picture stuff like that like don't be upset after the race think about you know how you can do better next time and enjoy the fact that you're out here skiing you know so it's
1: like well this is this is the other thing in high school though if like you did well like you come back like turn your phone on after the race you have like 20 new instagram followers like all these girls are snapchatting you like (laughs) Like, if you ski fast in high school, like, you think you are, like, the most important person ever to, like, clip themselves into skis in world that history. That is true. That is true. I don't
0: know. I just – maybe I didn't ski fast because I never had girls following me on Instagram.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they were – they might have been fake accounts, but I felt like, you know, like, feel like, the better you would do, like – I don't know you. I kind of move up. You get your clout up.
0: Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean though, and that's actually really big in like running the running community. Like you come back from an invitational where you, you did really well. Like people who are just running fanatics would just be like sending you friend requests on Facebook and stuff like that, and you're just like, I have no idea who you are, but cool, man. So uh, give. A, I, I like to give my my guests a little opportunity. Like you said, it takes a, a village or it takes a city or a state or you know whatever it took. Give a shout out to who got. Adam Lubin to where he is
1: now? Oh man, I feel like I'm going to forget someone and then they're going to feel super bad. This is, no, this is super good because I think we don't always get the chance to go up to someone and say like, Hey, you helped me get to this place. Um, But starting, I think the biggest one has to go to my parents who have provided every manner of support possible um, and much more than I deserve throughout my life and continue to support me. Um, And, Gave me, gave me the tools to get where I am today, um, and then all the coaches I had in high school, um, both in skiing and in running, um, and like that applies for club and scholastic. I just I had so many awesome coaches who like helped me get better and got me fired up for the sport, and um, and were with me at every step of the way, and like I still am in touch with them, which has been really cool. I think. Uh, both for me to kind of have those mentors in my life still and hopefully for them to kind of see where where I've gone with um with kind of them having my back. So all those guys um they, it really means a lot to me. Obviously coaches in college, AJ, Patty Ross, Kate, they uh have my back whenever I needed it, whether it was a shoulder to cry on or waxy skis or um or just kind of words of encouragement to get me through a tough part of the season. Uh now the ski education foundation provides incredible support and allows us to pursue this pretty cool dream um, also some of my personal sponsors uh mad Juice for my skis and boots um, as well as all our team sponsors that uh, help out the gold team Oh, and syracuse bicycle my hometown bike shop which helps me uh keeps me on the bike and which is a really important part of training and having fun so thank you to them yeah i think that's it hey if anybody wants to be added to that list you can become a sponsor check out my website i'd love to have you
0: yeah that's the first
1: time someone's uh
0: given the plug during the sponsor
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes please i'm i don't want to say desperate but i am accepting any and all sponsorships
0: yeah it's it's tough man it's it's tough living a Nordic lifestyle it's uh it like I said, it's a passion sport, and um, you know there's a lot of people out there that support people doing this kind of thing and chasing their dreams. So sometimes it just comes down to hearing their story. Yeah, if you could send
1: this podcast to them, that would be awesome.
0: <laughs> All right, well, Adam Lubin, thank you so much, man, for coming on. Um, I wish you tons of luck. I love seeing New York alum doing great, especially at the senior level. So uh,
1: yeah, we're uh, we're cheering you on. <laughs> All right, thanks a bunch, man. Thank you for having me.
0: Cool, guys. Well, I really hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, if you're a young skier from New York or a young skier from anywhere in the country, hope you can take you know something from any of the stories of the guests that I've had on the podcast and use them as motivation to uh, you know to further your own Nordic career. That's really the goal of this whole podcast is to just share the stories of those living the Nordic lifestyle and inspire people to live the nordic lifestyle thanks for listening guys word on the trail is a kick zone media production recording and editing was done by me brian halligan all the music you heard on today's episode was produced by my talented younger brother michael halligan special thanks to my guest adam lubin Head on over to patreon.com forward slash KZM to support the podcast and all of Kickzone Media's content.